Good evening. You are listening to a Rattledgen Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, our wives' favorite show is Dummy, formerly of the Quibi Network, now on the Roku channel, brought to you by the good people at Whip, <clears throat> Whip Heller Highwater Pictures, and Let's Go Again Incorporated. <clears throat> Dummy is an American series created by Cody Heller, and it debuted April 20th, 2020, and is based on the real-life experiences between Heller and her partner, Dan Harmon, in which she discovered that he had a sex doll. This was originally developed as a television pilot, but the script was rewritten as a film and then split into less than 10-minute episodes to fit into the concept of Quibi. And joining me tonight is my brother from another mother, Mr. Essential, Jesse Starcher of the Source Material podcast how you doing mr big time dan Harmon, love his work yes. love it absolutely love his sex doll it's very fascinating <laughs> we have we covered anything with the, about dan Harmon on here before didn't dan Harmon do community uh yeah i think he was involved yes as a matter of fact i wasn't part of that podcast but i remember you guys covered it so yes as a matter of <laughs> yeah, fact me and Ronnie, rick and I'm... morty is what comes to mind of course okay. we see that in the series but rick yep. and morty is probably one of my favorite i can guarantee you i have covered no rick and morty because i don't watch it um it's a terrible show that's a very sad sad thing and you know it's funny that i bring that up as we are about to that was one of the struggles of our main character in this film yes. or this series uh so uh you know anyway dan Harmon, love his work and also joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, he's the protocol son from the second and short podcast, Jason Teasley. How do you do, sir? Uh, I'm here. Uh, I'm sore, mentally drained, but there's no two people I'd rather be on a show taking my mind off things than two of my best friends. Listen, if I can be here for you with a show about a sex doll, I will be. I will be. I know. If he could be there with a sex doll, he would be. I could be there with you right now with a sex doll. I absolutely would. Uh, okay, you're, you're, you're making this a little bit creepy. <laughs> Am I? All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I was. I had Whitney Seibold on the show. Let me just casually name drop my new best friend, Whitney Seibold. Oh, this guy. Uh, is. Yeah. Um, of the Whitney Seibold and Rattledge Broadcasting Network. Anyway, <laughs> I had him on the show earlier today. And um, the whole reason I even knew about this was he did a show on Critically Acclaimed that, like, basically was a survey of all the Quibi shows. And I listened to it just because I listened to all most of the stuff on Critically Acclaimed. And um, they, a lot of what he, him and the other guy were talking about didn't really stand out to me. Um, but then he was like, dummy. And it's Anna Kendrick palling around with a sex doll. And suddenly my ears perked up and I was like, what is this nonsense? Mm -hmm. And I have been obsessed. And then he described it on the show briefly. And I was like, I have been obsessed with watching this thing ever since. And I was like, at some point, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to have to talk about it. I'm going to have to process this. Uh, not to mention the fact that I really like Anna Kendrick. She's probably one of my favorite actresses out there. I think even in stuff that I wouldn't necessarily like, like Pitch Perfect, 
I think she's fantastic. I, you know, I think she has a great look. I think she's a great actress. Uh, last year, Jeff Sloboda and I reviewed her in a stowaway on Netflix. And I thought she was fantastic in that. So, you know, this was, this was right in my wheelhouse, something really stupid and quirky, something a little on the naughty side. And it had Anna Kendrick in it and it was easily digestible. It was like, it's a 90 minute run when you factor 10 episodes times about nine minutes a piece. So I was like, I have to talk about this with somebody. And the first person I tagged was you, Jesse, because generally speaking, I can, if I need to talk to somebody about something and it's accessible to you, you will generally say yes and then not complain that I made you watch it. <laughs> so you were my first pick. Um, yeah. when, I, when I pitched this to you, Jesse, what was your first thought? When I was like, hey, I want you to watch the show about Anna Kendrick and a sex doll. Other than I hate you, Rattledge, what was your first thought? <laughs> oh, I, so I didn't know really what to expect. Other than I was like, there's going to be some like crazy hijinks going on here, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, she's going to be questioning her sanity, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and this, what could possibly be the plot? <laughs> I was like, she's going to see and start talking to the sex doll. What are we going to be working with and we get you know we get a road trip in this thing which is great you know they have a you know we have some we definitely have some outside elements coming into uh you know coming into play here where she pals around with a sex doll but i had no idea what we were getting and i think that's one of the things that really made me go okay i'll, I'll definitely give this a chance because it's one of those things where you're like what the hell could happen yeah, what is going to be on the screen? So it's very uh, unique, isn't it? Like I can't quite put my finger on anything else that it reminds me of. When you, yeah. I mean, like there, there may have been other things where somebody pals around with an inanimate object that talks to them. That's not quite as unique, but like this concept and the way it was handled, I can't. In all my years of watching television and movies, I can't quite pinpoint anything I've ever seen that's quite like this. Jason, you're. What do you think? When I, when I told you this is what we were going to do tonight. Um, and other than I hate your Adelage, what, what else were you thinking about this show? Um, I heard Anna Kendrick sex dolls. I'm in, um, <laughs> that, Perfect. yeah, I was sold. Hang, hang on Anna one Kendrick, second. Sex dolls. I'm in. Hey, Anna Kendrick sex dolls. Ooh, that's a bingo. Uh, yes, that, that was actually my actual reaction. Somebody just stole it from me. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was like, okay, Mark knows my dark sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And this is this is something that, you know, if Mark thinks that I like it, I'm going to like it a lot. Uh, because, you know, I, ha I have forgiven you for Nerdland. Uh, this this right here redeemed you 100%. Oh, yay. I'm glad I'm out of the doghouse finally. <laughs> All right. So the whole I'm just going to wrap up the premise really, really quickly, and then we'll, we can get to talking about it. So essentially, Anna Kendrick um, is involved with Donald Logue. He is a primetime Emmy Award winning writer, and she's an aspiring screenwriter. And she's in kind of like a mental block situation. She's got a writer's block going on. Um, and he she discovers that he has a sex doll and she's not necessarily mad about it. She's just more questioning. Like, what is this? What, why is this? What do you have it for? And so she checks it out one night and the doll starts talking to her. Um, now this is after she had 
ate about what 20 expired melatonin gummies <laughs> yeah so well, she okay. thinks she's just hallucinating right and there's a long stretch there where she totally she doesn't even believe the doll is necessarily talking to her she thinks this is her having some sort of a mental decompensation and that this, these are all hallucinations um either way the doll um the doll won't let up on her and they go through this period of sort of a antagonistic relationship there's a bit where uh the first thing is the doll wants her to clean out her vagina because <laughs> donald Logue has not <laughs> done that <laughs> it's crusty um and then so she takes it to the and then there's another bit where she where she breaks the arm just a, just a bit and she and again the donald Logue had told her don't touch the don't go looking at the doll don't touch it just ignore just forget that you that you know it's about very it. private it's a private right. thing so at one point she um so first she washes out the the vagina she gives it a nice candlelit bath very sexy <laughs> and then then she goes to put her back in the closet and the doll's like you got to put me back the way you found me or he'll know that you've been in here you snoop so she she does so and in doing so she, she breaks her arm takes her to the sex doll repair shop and this is really like weirdly dehumanizing oh considering this is about a sex doll where he's right. like she's used up and broken and you might as well just get a new one metaphor yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um metaphor lot. about a lot of commentary in these yeah movies. this is leading with uh leaden with with all kinds of commentary and subtext which is weird right. for this kind of show um but i digress so she doesn't want to get a new sex doll obviously she ends up uh just getting the arm repaired uh, but then the doll, kind of breaking the rules of this universe, somehow or other manages to dial 911 on the phone. And... I got an answer for that. Okay. Hey, Siri. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I, well, um, I didn't but... either until I saw it on a review. Okay. So she gets uh, Donald Logue to come, uh, to come back to the apartment. And that's when he discovers that she has a sex doll. And they nearly break up. Uh, they end up making back up. And then they toss the doll in the garbage. <laughs> a homeless kid comes along and tries to take the doll and Anna Kendrick either out of guilt or insanity little column a little column B goes after him gets the doll back and the series then takes a shift to where they're now buddies and the doll is actually helping Anna Kendrick work through her writer's block and she dumps an old project starts something new about the relationship with the sex doll and that goes on for a while there's some subtext about her anxiety that Donald Logue is actually trying to sleep with another podcast, uh, another sexy podcaster. Podcasts. Mm, yeah. They're panty droppers. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> that's what I've been told. Anyway, uh, so there's a there's a long stretch there where they go on a road trip. They foil they foil a convenience store robbery. They end up uh, going, in, going into isolation to do some writing. And uh, eventually she they end up back at her apartment and um through some shenanigans involving a eighth grade boy she she comes close to <laughs> a you, ninth grade no eighth grade eighth oh, grade <laughs> uh she she comes basically close to eviction at which point donna Logue's like why don't you just come live with me and then she puts the doll into storage drops her writing project basically abandons being a writer and is just you know Ooh. content to be a kept woman one of the one of the big things that happens in that uh, right before that finale mm -hmm. is the fact that she, you know, obviously this is, uh, you know, this is Dan's doll this whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of that episode, she ends up making love to the doll. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So she's, she's been in therapy up to this point, And then she tells the therapist that her and the doll uh, had sex. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, 
and very vividly. Uh, oh yeah. Said they, they <laughs> yeah. Said they, she goes into uh, into some very uh, explicit details. Yeah. Uh, and, and the and the therapist, I just like the therapist's reaction was like, "So you did what? We went all the way." <laughs> yeah. They, she well, how did <laughs> vascular detail? Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, she puts the doll in the storage, and she's content to be a kept woman. She stopped writing all of that and then right before she she's kind of like going over metaphorically going over the falls and you know being committed to him and losing her sense of self she gets a phone call saying that her pilot got picked up and that she has to go in for meetings now at which point she realizes that it's the doll the doll calls her and says hey you left me with the phone to listen to music but i did all of these things to you because i knew you wouldn't do them for yourself because you're weak like that and uh, she ends up getting the doll back out of storage, and they are now partners. And the last thing you see is they are pitching the show at a uh, at a studio, and that's dummy. So I've been talking for a lot, and I want to go to you first, Jason, and then Jesse. But let me just say right off the bat, I effing loved this show. This might <laughs> be my new favorite. It's like The Wire, dummy. Oh come <laughs> on, get out of here! I it's so good. And the thing, and the, and and you, like you, you're like, get out of here. But I'm gonna tell you that I love the fact that it was such a weirdo, quirky concept, but it was so heavily laden with like feminism and a commentary on modern uh, womanhood and the idea that you know women tend to lose their sense of get like willingly give up their sense of self to be with a man because they have the, the perception of self perception of low self worth. This is all coming out of a show where a girl talks to an inanimate sex object. Like, yeah, and that's crazy. The, <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. And and one of the major things that you know uh, is is a theme throughout the the show is she doesn't have a self identity. She is mm -hmm. known as his girlfriend. Yeah, his, that's right. it. Her right. name is Dan, oh, he's Dan Harmon. Duh, right. Um, yeah. I didn't even realize that. Um, but yeah, she, he's Dan Harmon's girlfriend. Yeah, uh, and, and that's that's her identity. It's right. not that. It's not that she's a, a person on her, that's on her own two feet. And the sex doll points this out. Goes, look, mm -hmm. you're finding yourself. Do you really just want to be known as this, or do you want to basically break out of that shadow? And right. that leads to the the whole her um, sending out the the pilot and everything for the meetings. This show is, it's unique, <laughs> but it is very interesting um, because you do get some, you get some social commentary throughout mm -hmm. that you do not expect. <laughs> it is, it gets the show Anna Kendrick in a totally different light being absolutely fucking hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, everybody thinks she's like this quirky person. And, you know, just to go back and reference, you know, someone we lost recently, it's kind of like she has the Danny Tanner syndrome uh, mm -hmm. because Bob Saget was known as TV dad, but he had right. some really raunchy stand up. Yeah. That yeah. people like surprisingly raunchy. Like people bought those tickets and didn't know what they were in for, infamously. Right. And I think this is, this is Anna Kendrick showing her range because mm -hmm. she's kind of pigeonholed into this sweet girl next door kind of thing. But she actually is fucking comedy gold. Yeah. And she goes and she takes things. 
she pushes the envelope way over the edge. And I liked right. it because you see a different dimension of her, that she mm -hmm. could be a breakout star if given given the material. She it's a it is a filthy mouth show, but oh, it's yeah. one of those where like I'm gonna make an odd comparison here. I've already referenced the wire, so I've used up my one. Um, but I'm gonna reference another show that Jesse and I reviewed because one could get very much mired down in the filthy language, but the filthy language is sets a sets a tone and an aesthetic. Uh, for what the show is and you just have to kind of get past that and understand the show is about much more than it's a that surface level presentation and that's here we go wu-tang and american saga mm. you know they mm. curse incessantly in that show wu-tang wu is for <laughs> the children um but you know they they're constantly using the n-word and the, you know it's a lot of filthy language but beneath the subtext of all of that um not even the subtext just beneath the 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 text of all of that is this show about you know about these people and what they're going through and their struggles and that's why I'm making the comparison to dummy because dummy there's a lot of f you bitch and this and that you know and it's all like you know cut out my but you know cut out my put i'm gonna get demonetized cut out my pussy <laughs> you know <laughs> my pussy is crusty and all of this other stuff I'm not even going to bother with ads tonight. Um, so, <laughs> so you know, I think just, it would be best. Yeah, <laughs> got it. No, no, limited ad runs. Um, so, you know, it's just all of this like sex talk, but it, it's sort of a you know, it's dressing for a serious commentary, as it were. What a Trojan horse, you know what I mean, Jesse? Oh, that yeah. We're going to make a commentary about a number of different things involving women, whether it be feminism, self-worth, et cetera, et cetera. But we're going to dress it up in these two actresses filthy-mouthing each other. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? yeah, it's absolutely one of the first things that I noticed when I started this mm -hmm. series was how raunchy it was mm -hmm. uh you know i wasn't expecting that at all i was expecting okay we're gonna get some you know weekend at bernie stuff with this sex doll yeah, I, that's right. the only thing i could think of uh but no man it, it <laughs> i did not <laughs> i did not expect uh anna kendrick and her potty mouth at mm -hmm. one bit but <laughs> you talk about uh, a subversive when it comes to the commentary and what the message is, uh, mm -hmm. the messages throughout the episodes. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that. It's very real. I mean, look, this is us off air talking to each other, you know, in a private conversation. We are sailors, uh, sailor mouths, you know, we're, I am not definitely. I yeah, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. My apologies. I maybe, made assumptions. <laughs> maybe that's you and, and maybe that's you and Evan Bevins that can't oh, yeah. control your, your sailor mouths, but <laughs> I'm Evan's bad. I'm um, next to God. Yes. <laughs> anyway, the show, <laughs> the, the show is, uh, you know, the show is definitely real in that aspect. Yeah. You've got two ladies here who are just, uh dressing each other down a lot right uh, they're not friends at first uh, clearly mm. they're rivals they're they're, they're right. shooting for the same the sexual is trying to sabotage her relationship to keep him yeah. all to herself yeah and another thing you mentioned this they kind of broke the fourth wall uh mm -hmm. like, like the the physics of the series where the the doll's able to uh call nine one not well call out a nine one one booty call i think is pretty much yeah. what it was uh but so that leads me to a question because there's a couple things here that really aren't explained in the series which is fine by me they can leave this as ambiguous as they want but 
Jason, I'll ask you first. Do you think the doll is real and is making the calls? Or do you think this is like uh, Cody actually sabotaging herself and doing this stuff and not realizing she's doing it? Can you, give me an idea of what you think there, man. I, I think it's self-sabotage because I think she has so much self-doubt that this is basically, um, and Mark can attest to this a little bit more, than I can because it's his, his field is basically a small psychotic break uh, okay. through self doubt because she she keeps having all these failures she she's struggling she's got the writer's block and she sees this sex doll as competition so she makes it a basically um, an extension of everything that she wishes she could be. Okay. It, and and she, wants what to you're be talking about is and, projection. She's projecting her. She's projecting her anxieties and insecurities onto this doll. Right, and in a in a she's manifested so she could make it a visual for herself. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I think that's it. And um, it goes back to a lot of the the thing. But we also got to look. You know, you're talking about physics. This is a sex doll. We we this is a universe where a sex doll communicates with another person. Yeah. So physics goes out the window. Just well, making you know, that clear. I, I hear you, buddy. The thing is, is that I was like, okay, is this all in her head or is this actually <laughs> happening? There they make it a point at that one you know, we talked about this call that uh the sex doll made to Dan, and they make it a point for the sex doll to say, Hey, I need some time alone in the car so she gets out of the cody gets out of the car and sits at the front of the call a car while the call is made so i'm like okay then the sex doll is actually making this call at some point i don't know mark what are your thoughts man there was a show um oh you know what i was thinking of it's not a show it was a movie i was thinking about fight club and okay. now fight club the big it's reveal spo spoilers spoiler alert. Get ready <laughs> for this 20 year old movie um spoiler the the thing with fight club is that he is ha is that tyler durden and um what's his face ed norton's character uh are the same person and that mm -hmm. this is essentially he's disassociating and that all of the stuff that happens that uh that tyler durden is doing is happening while he's disassociated and out of that personality so his perception his projection is brad pitt and he thinks he's interacting as himself with Brad Pitt when really he's interacting with the rest of the world as Brad Pitt, Ed Norton. And that was my explanation for what was happening here. Her perception, um, you know, the perspective of the show is, is through Anna Kendrick's eyes. And she's an unreliable narrator mm -hmm. because she's the one disassociating and having a, a mental mm -hmm. breakdown. So, no, I do not believe that the sex doll is magic. Okay. Or or a singing frog. This is this is not the 1980s movie Mannequin. No, <laughs> <laughs> which we should talk about at some point. Yeah, but, that's gotta uh, be on the schedule. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, so in 2025. Um, <laughs> I I don't. My perception of the show, and maybe I'm wrong about this, is that this was all in her head. Okay. The only thing that I struggled with with that explanation is, and and again, it, it could have been an act of disassociation where she sends a, as. As the doll, she sent out the spec strip, the spec script, and then doesn't recall it because it happened as she as she was uh, another personality. 
The doll has a name, damn it. Say it. It's Barbara. 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 Barbie, if you will. Um, Barbie yes. doll. Barbara. No, that's that's uh, played by nice about this. <laughs> played by Meredith Hagner. Um, mm. which I, I've never heard of her before. Uh Meredith Hagner was oh, she's Kylan, vacation friends. Okay. That's oh, old man Hagner's daughter. Uh-huh. Um, she's in something called Horse Girl. Uh she's that, in okay. She, Horse okay. girl coming up with going along with this takes that may take that into a totally different direction in my Horse mind. Girl. <laughs> Horse girl. Moving on. Um, she's in Palm Springs, which I've heard is really, really good, like a really bizarre comedy. Uh she's in Brightburn. Jesse, you saw Brightburn, didn't you? No, I haven't seen Brightburn. Is Palm Springs the one with uh yes. uh the time loop? No. Yes. Thanks. Okay, and, I'm glad. Oh, I knew where you were going. I knew exactly okay. where you were asking. <laughs> I, I haven't not... seen that yet, but I, I know what you're talking about. All oh, right. she's, she's in a whole bunch of movies that, that I want to see. Ingrid Goes West. Um, she's in The Oath. So she's in a bunch of stuff. Um, okay, all right. I, just one of those actresses that got past me. Uh, in any case, yes, yeah, but she's Kyla. In the most recent thing I've seen, she's actually Kyla in um, Vacation Friends, which I reviewed with Ronnie Adams. In any case, yeah, so Barbara... Um, I th my 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 perception was that this was all like this was all Anna Kendrick just projecting all, you know and in her subconscious sort of acting on her behalf and that she doesn't remember it because she disassociates end of line. Okay. Um, I like the one of the things I like about this show is and I and I have and I'm going to make mention of this now sort of a weird thing to bring up in a very feminist show but like it they could have easily made Donald Logue's character utterly despicable and they just kind of made him a dude. And they gave him some nice things to do in the show, and they gave him some less than great things, and he just kind of seems like a guy. Mm -hmm. He's not an antagonist. He's not bad. He's not virtuous. He's he's me. He's you. He's Jason. You he's know, uh, he's definitely Jason. Um, and and that's it. You know, he's he. I I, Make I sure like I can see my that, sex doll. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like the fact that. They didn't do the you know the cheap heat Hollywood thing of making the guy uh, reprehensible, Jesse. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, imagine if they did uh, as a feminine a feminist forward as this is. Boy, would it have got a lot of heat from some people if they would have been like just making the main dude in the show the a trash bag. If if you, it would have ruined the show because if you cannot raise your prota female protagonist up while you know while not diminishing your male characters, then yeah. you're a lazy writer and not doing a very good job of putting the message forward. And that's always been my thing. Like if you want to put a feminist message forward that anyone will take seriously, you can't diminish everything else around it. That right. means your message isn't strong. And right, they do exactly. a good thing about this. After the, you know, after the public urination in the desert, uh, <laughs> they, they talk <laughs> they, we, see they your, talk we see your pee twice in this show, by the way. Yeah, really? The, who, who directed this? <laughs> Kevin Smith? Hang on. I'll um, do it myself. <laughs> all right but they they touch on the feminist aspect uh i don't know what it's exactly called but you know they're saying that they need to do this feminist model uh where they can't talk about the guys. Bechdel test that they, they were doing they were referencing the bechdel test yeah and and you know but everything goes back to them and they're and they and they're self-aware of it and they're like well okay the, the, and then it's like they they acknowledge it and it's like, and it's basically a self-reflection of Anna Kendry's character being that like she 
her self-worth is always tied to a guy. And that's mm-hmm. the point that Barbara's trying to get across to her. And, you know, you see that play out because you see her start becoming self-aware of the, the fact that anything that she perceives as good is tied to some guy in her life. So for those listening who might not know this, the Bechdel test, according to my half a second wiki search, for a film to pass the Bechdel test, the movie must simply have the following. It must have at least two fe- two female characters. They must both have names. They must talk to each other about something other than a man. One of them must not end up in a refrigerator. Wait, I just added that last part. Um, Sorry, now Jordan. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, and then I, I asked my wife <laughs> about that. And we and you guys can kind of jump in with your, your experiences because we all, <laughs> us, all of us kept men, watched this with our wives, uh, you know, on sexy date night. And um, and I'm sure we all got varying reactions of why do you make us watch this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and who is this Mark guy? And why do you hang out with him? I, I mean, I legitimately had that reaction from my wife. That is that seriously happened. She's like, "Why are you doing this?" That's <laughs> it's Mark. Mine yeah. was, "What the fuck's wrong with Mark?" Yeah, that's okay because yeah. I think my wife has the same question. <laughs> um, but about secretary, not this. Anyway, uh, I when they were discussing the Bechdel test in the desert, and and they were struggling with it because the, what 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 comes what comes across in the show is that they're having a difficult time not talking about Dan or men in general, you know, for whatever the reasons are. And I kind of looked at her, and you know, my wife has a, a as a group of female friends that she will uh, go out with, go out drinking with, whatever. Um, and. I asked her, I said, I said, is this true for women? Like, do they really have a hard time talking about, you know, not talking about men? And she was like, kind of, yeah. For whatever the reasons are, when women get together, it's, you know, they'll, they'll talk about common interests. They'll talk about their, you know, what's going on in their professions. Like my wife is all te- has all teacher friends, so they talk about teaching. But they, but they can't seem to get also away from talking about the men in their lives. And I was like, that's interesting because I can talk to my guy friends and we won't talk about women at all. Right. You know, unless it's Pat. Pat Pat always has something to say. No, but even Pat, you know, if, if Pat could talk about lifting weights, Sylvester Stallone and Green Lantern, he would. And there's not a woman in those things. Um, so. Well, there's one in the refrigerator. <laughs> Down the time code because there's my clip for the evening. Um, <laughs> So, real quick, Jesse, what um, when you watch this with your wife, what was her reaction? Okay, so, you know, her and I went into this. I kind of knew what I was getting into because I watched the first three episodes right when you pitched it to me. Actually, because mm-hmm. I had some free time in the house, I was like, oh, I'm gonna check this out. And this while Mindy was away, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna stop this and I want to watch this with her. So I kind of knew what I was getting. Um, so she didn't watch it from the beginning. No, she did. She okay. we started it over. And she, uh, uh, you know, she probably expected exactly like I did. We're going to get a, a funny comedy uh, in in this series. And um, while she was watching it, there were a lot of like sideways, confused glances over to me. It was like, what is going on here? <laughs> and, you know, things like that. It's just you know, she before she was, or after the sex ops, the, the sex ops episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh well you know and there were some really funny bits in this mm-hmm. show and so we should you know crack a smile every once in a while so at the end of it you know i was like okay look i knew it was 
full of some type of message to somebody. I'm a guy. You're a guy. We're all guys talking on this episode here. What did a woman get out of this? So I asked Mindy. I said, okay, first off, I sent her a message before we got on the podcast. I said, as a woman, as a beautiful lady, did you get anything out of this that spoke to you in any certain way? And her specific response was, not really. I said, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Wonderful you know, insight. <laughs> she's not looking, you know, yeah. and the point of that is, this is regular Appalachian guy sitting with his regular Appalachian wife watching this weird show. All right. <laughs> so this obviously has an audience. Yeah. It's not my wife. I said, right. what's, what's, what was your favorite part? She says two words, the end. She was not happy. Oh, <laughs> she was. She didn't. She didn't like this. I mean, it's not like she hated it. Mm-hmm. She has a low tolerance for. Uh, she's your typical, you know, rom- romantic comedy lady. Okay. Uh, so you know, she, she has a low tolerance for stupidity when it comes to watching something on. Mm-hmm. And she'll watch anything with me usually, but she will let me know at the end of this. Is, I hated this. I'm never watching it again. Uh, so <laughs> she was not real thrilled with uh, what she got. Okay. What about you, Jason? Um, how much of Amber? How much of this is Amber Watch? Uh, she made it through about four episodes, mm-hmm. uh, and then she determined that if she was going to continue, that uh, I would have to join her on a podcast of hers. Home is where the hallmark is on the Chairshot Network. Um, that I would have to go on and review movies with her, and then she, after about four episodes, she checked out. And then, like, she's billing around the house doing stuff, and we get to the, um, the, um, is it the ninth episode? Yeah, yeah, the twelve-year-old yeah. scene, and she pops her head in and goes, "What the fuck is wrong with Mark?" And I go, <laughs> right "Why?" Go. Mark, Mark, and she goes to us like, "Hey, and, this and, is what happened?" Yeah, I want to say that. Now, that not Okay, I did not go. Y'all want to see a show where a twelve-year-old may or may not fuck a sex doll? That's not what I said. He's, he's fourteen, folks. All right, <laughs> that is how you pitch it. I got how you liar. That is how you pitched to me, Mark. And I was like, not really, but you know, you welcome me back to the network. So I'm in debt. About to start hitting all my buttons on, on uh, the soundboard. No, but uh, but she just went, What the fuck's wrong with Mark? I said, What do you mean? She goes, She's like, You and him review some of the craziest shit. And I went, Well, yeah. She goes, And I understand it now. I said, What do you understand? She goes, why your friends? <laughs> Can I uh, okay. let me let me say this? I a I thought the show was fairly, pretty brilliant. I really do. Like that thing. Like, I'm not even lying about that. That might come come across as sort of dopey, but um, in my defense, <laughs> Ozzy once snorted a line of ants. But also, this was nominated for a primetime Emmy award. Uh, Anna Kendrick rather was nominated for a primetime Emmy award in 2020 for outstanding actress in a short form comedy or drama series. So. Bleh. Um, well, hey, well, there's this, no the, question about her performance in this yeah. at all. Go ahead. But let, let me let me preference something. My wife is not very comfortable with a lot of gratuity okay. of sex and stuff. Sure. So okay. <laughs> she she was she was a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know my 14-year-old daughter's home and while I'm watching <laughs> it in the living room, and she's like <laughs> You know, so that added to a little bit of tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
she was like, you know, and, and it wasn't so much she she did not see the the craft, I guess you could say. Yeah. She just seen the the outlet field vulgarity, the right. She seen the surface. Yeah. And she didn't see it for the craft. Um so if she would have seen it, if knowing her nature, she did very well making it through four episodes mm -hmm. because it's very, it's very graphic uh, language right. and, you know, some scenes. I mean, so, yeah. so, and she wasn't meaning it bad. Um, mm -hmm. my, my wife loves, loves you, Mark. Um, no, I, I wasn't offended by more no, offended no. By you than, than her. But. Well, <laughs> if you're offended by me, then that's nothing new. Um, that's why I'm on the network. Um, but it was more or less like, you know, because she's seen some of the stuff we've reviewed. She's seen me watch Santa Jout. She's seen me watch Zombies. She's seen me watch um, Nerdland. Uh, the, the, uh, no, she actually wasn't. She actually liked Porky's. Um, uh, the uh, history of America. So mm -hmm. she knows the kind of stuff that me and you tendly gravitate to when we do shows. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's dying for February. Um, so <laughs> so she knows what like the typical shows we do. But she says it jokingly. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with Mark? Because <laughs> she knows that if you pitch me something out of left field, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Because she knows my sense of humor. She knows my take on things. So it's kind of one of those things, but it just made her really uncomfortable because that's just her nature. And I totally get that, that a show with sort of graphic, vulgar, you know, vulgar language and that kind of deals so openly with very taboo subjects of a sexual nature might bother somebody. And I don't know if Grammarly would have helped, but I will tell you this that uh, Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar punctuation and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. So my wife reads uh, smutty BDSM books, yeah? And uh, a lot of chips, chips, chains, and whips. And... Oh God! Let's just throw, throw her under the bus, Mark. Um, she's well aware that I've said this stuff openly. I kind of an open podcast here. Anyway, um, so I was like, let's watch. So last week we watched Secretary just as a comparison, and Secretary was like way too artsy for her. Like it was, it was way too highbrow. Um, for those that don't know, that's a, um, a James Spader and uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal movie where uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal plays a survivor of self-mutilation who ends up in a BDSM relationship with her lawyer boss. Great movie. Um, okay. And uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, but she watched that and she was like, ugh, you picked the worst movies. She watched this and I'll tell you the two reactions she had um, relative to the discussion we're having. One, we were both in agreement. It's probably the most feminist forward show we've seen since both of us watched Mrs. America on Hulu. And that dealt directly with the politics of feminism. Like, they were trying to get a law passed. Um, <laughs> this was, you know, uh, this was, so many shows think feminism is diminishing the man while while raising the woman. And, you know, and, th and that's how you get equality. 
And this one, as I said before, doesn't do that. And that's one of the things both of us really liked about it was this was there's a comedian we both like just as a comparison, Eliza Schlesinger, who's very much a feminist, but is not shy about talking about the about the problems women have with themselves and each other. And that's before you get to their problems with men, because she kind of talks about it all. And I, this isn't a commentary of whether or not you should like Elijah Schlesinger. The reason we like her is that she says a lot of really pointed stuff about female behavior. And that, for us, is the reason why we like dummies so much. Because once you get past the swearing and the dirty vaginas and the guy dropping a crate full of, you know, of assholes. And you know. <laughs> it's a variety anus pack, Mark. <laughs> it's a variety anus pack. Let's get past all that. Um, the show speaks to the mind of women and the struggles that they go through. And I want to kind of move the conversation forward to talking about the second half of it, where, you know, after the, after she's been dressed down repeatedly by Barbara and she, you know, and she has some self-realization about how, you know who she is as a as an adult woman. She starts to make some changes. She starts to get a little independence, and then at the first sign of an obstacle, which is basically and and, and going back to what you said before, Jesse, I it was an odd part of the show, and it was like I feel like like when when Cody Heller was writing this, like she didn't quite know how to get to Act Three, and so the way she does it is the sex doll wants to have sex with a child. And she tries to pimp that up, and the child naturally runs out of the room, uh, you know, uncomfortable. And right. that, like I wanted to. Yeah, and that sends her spiraling back to, to Dan. And I think you can couch it as self-sabotage. It was just a very weird way to do that. Like, we, you, you don't know what self-sabotage is. Like, that, that sort of um, psychiatric uh, thing, we, we, you know, where Self-doubt. you... Well, you will actively do things to to make sure that you do not succeed. You will hurt yourself um, by acting out in, in behaviors that you wouldn't normally do, so that you can so that you don't get out of your comfort zone, no matter how negative it might be. Right. And that was the way they went about doing it, and, and which I thought was an odd choice. Go ahead, Jess. I so yeah, I struggled with trying to find a justification for that scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, to it's kind of laid out there for the people that are listening. What happens in the show is that uh, Cody is back in her apartment um, and she's having a conversation with the sex doll. Just like Mark said, she sees this 14 year old boy. And then the, the, I say this, this is the sex doll that sees that. Uh, and the sex doll is like, you know, immediately wants to have a sexual relationship with this boy. Uh, and at the same time, Cody is trying to say, what, what you're, you're crazy. What are you, you're insane. In order for this to happen, Cody has to be complicit by bringing this kid in to satisfy the dolls, Barbara, she does have a name, Barbara's urges. Um, and there was this point, you know, she's clearly against it. And I was like, okay, you're, you're making a funny joke here. And I thought they're going to stop it right there. Right. But no, they do not. She then decides to try and bring the child into her apartment and actually make the interaction happen by, mm-hmm. hey, help me move a couch. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, something in my bedroom needs moved. It's my and 
it's she had the chance to write it to where she was it was a bad idea and move on and right. she didn't and i so here's where i struggled i was like okay there's a reason why you kept that in there i don't get it i don't understand why i have an idea I think why. They, they have to she has to have thought it was funny no, and I I, all, that's all, not I, funny i i, I, I hear you go ahead Jason. <laughs> my theory is this um because if this goes back to the the whole sex shop of being used up uh you know broken down and her seeing herself as that and her seeing if she is desirable to someone younger than her hey, to be a one cougar. sec because we didn't talk about it let me i want to i want to uh, beef up your point by saying the show opens with her checking herself out in a mirror like after a shower and she pulls a hair out of her nipple and my wife turned to me and she was like i already like this show because boy is that true womanhood right there that is that is truth and then fast forward you're right she's having self doubt about her uh, about her looks about her femininity yada 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 go and i think she done it at, as a well i could be the sexy neighbor if if somebody younger than me thinks i'm attractive Mm-hmm. Why doesn't Dan find me attractive? Because she still has it in the back of her mind that Dan's messing around with this other podcaster right. that she meets she meets in the studio. So I, I look at it like that. I think that that was the the narrative that they was going for, but they missed the mark completely and made it to a very uncomfortable situation. Uh, because and this goes back to the whole projection and everything. She might have just. The whole couch thing may have never happened, and she invited the boy up, and it was her in the bed. And, and right. but she's seeing it from an outside perspective, right? Projecting onto Barb. So I think this was kind of the the social commentary on it was, it was her having self doubt mm-hmm. about her looks, if she is good enough, because it's even it's even mentioned in there. Once he, if he finds somebody, if Dan finds somebody, a better model, she, he can just get rid of her just right. like, you know, just like Barbara. So I think, and this it comes around that time frame where she's having that self doubt and that interaction happens. And I think it's more of her saying, am I, am I desirable to other, right. other guys? And the only guy that there is available is this 14 year old getting out of the pool. Yeah. Just, just to, I think. If I can uh, do some anatomy of a scene, Jesse, I think if you go too old, it becomes questionable about what, why would the boy reject her? She's not unattractive. She's not even that old looking. Like Anna Kendrick could pass, could still pass for like late teens, early twenties. She she is a uh, young looking gal. Um, I mean, I, I, look if if what's her face from nine hundred two when no could pass for a high school student, so can Anna Kendrick. Um, Listen, so- I was just watching Karate Kid Part Three, where apparently. <laughs> Ralph Macchio was 20, like 28. Yeah. When he was, supposed to, <laughs> when he was filming that. And he was, my, my daughter's like, how is this possible? This kid looks like he's 17. Yeah. It's, it's like that, uh, the, like the Wayans brother comedy where they were making fun of all like the romantic comedies. And one of them was like never been kissed. And so they, you know, they have the, the, the woman infiltrating the classroom and it's like an elderly woman trying to pass herself off as a teenager <laughs> uh gabriel carteris that's who i was referencing or, or the steve or the steve bashimi meme of hello hello my fellow young, young people <laughs> yeah 
Um, so you go too old and it's not really believable that a horny teenage boy would reject this woman. You go to, you go as young as you do and you're having the conversation we're having where it's like, this is really uncomfortable and it kind of makes me like Anna Kendrick's character a lot less. Here, here's my thing. I, I, mm-hmm. I think if we're going to try and justify the scene here for myself, I'll, I'll just mm-hmm. go with what I would, uh, how I guess this matters. Mental health. Mm-hmm. She is we're not talking about that a whole lot here the fact that she's talking with a sex doll (laughs) funny stuff oh she's Mm. going through it then you get to this and you're like (laughs) okay there she's going through it like she's having a bad day (laughs) you know you know who who doesn't disassociate and start talking to inanimate objects (laughs) she's yeah and teasley makes a great point because this this she is possibly disassociating and, and trying to bring this in. that's a i could see that as being something that uh it, it may be what happens in this uh in this show because she is completely lost it and mm-hmm. that what did we do though you know and the show did this but we are like oh now she's in a situation where she has to go right back to uh, to da- uh to dan and live live with him no, what should have happened, uh, you know, or what we should be concentrating on is the fact that she did this horrible thing and she's clearly not in her sound mind. Right. That That isn't funny. That's actually really dark. Right. Uh, when you look at this series as a whole, she's lost it. And, that's and thing, like, it's it getting ha- dangerous. It has some yuck, yuck moments. I mean, it actually it has some like really funny dialogue and some funny physical comedy. But you're not wrong when you say the show has a dramatic element that is very dark and tragic. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, that's one of the things I like about it. It's not all ha-ha and ho-ho and fall down the stairs. You know, it has a message. It has subtext. And it, you know, and it deals with, you know, I often talk about with, with this with Robert that I don't think mental health is dealt with very well in Hollywood. I think it's, it's handled very clumsily. This didn't get as far enough with the mental health in that, okay, we've established she's got some, she's got some of those issues where we're kind of attributing it to just a general women's anxiety over, you know, over what it is to be a woman, you know, especially, you know, in Hollywood where so much is put on your looks. One thing I wanted to address with that, there's a gag in this that I thought was really funny where she hurt, she, every other scene, she has a new agent because that agent's been me too'd. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and she actually has a conversation and my wife was laughing hard at this because it's such a woman thing to think and and that's coming from her okay who my wife is not a feminist she'll be the first one to tell you that but you know she certainly appreciates not being you know abused or anything like that she wants to be treated well and those two are not the same thing you can treat a woman well and courteously and you know like a human being without necessarily the belief of practice in females and males should be equal in all things, which is feminism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my point being, there's a bit where um, they're talking about the first agent that got me too. And she was like, was I too ugly to be, <laughs> to not be sexually harassed by him? It's like, she's going back through the yeah. examination in her head of, of, of the relationship he had with this agent. And he never sexually harassed her. And he's like, wait a minute. If he got me too for sexually harassing others, why wasn't I? Hey, I'm I not sexy enough to be sexually harassed? That's and sad. Ha- and feeling like you're not, you know, you know, lend- that leads to her feelings of lack of self worth that she's not even sexy enough to be abused. Yeah, and and you're right. That is both sad and hilarious at the same time. 
Um, I'm going to go over to you, Jason, for sort of final thoughts here. Last Lex, anything that you want to talk about real quick? Um, I mean, we've covered just about everything. Uh, I highly recommend this, um, but don't be deterred by the, the cover. Uh, know, know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Go into this to see the craft and you're going to see a lot of things that this show was never supposed to be. Um, and that is entertaining, highly educational because you do see some of the struggles that women go through and it's brought to the forefront and, and it's, and it's really, it's really intriguing how they went about it because they could have went about it as a bland, um, kind of run the mill, beat you over the head. But I don't think any of the messages here beat you over the head at all. I think it was very, it was done. It, it it walked the line of being done subtly but meaningful. Yeah, that's all I have to say. All right, Captain Grammarly, what are you? What's left of your notes? Well, it's funny you say Captain Grammarly because I did type the JJ out, and Grammarly <laughs> it did not it did not strike it. So that is a word. Uh, oh, good <laughs> Lord. I didn't capitalize it either. So uh, there, yeah, there were a lot of funny moments throughout the series. Uh, there were a lot of moments where I was like, should I be laughing at this? Probably not. Uh, I, I, you know, do not. I, there were some moments where I was scratching my head as to what is the message. There were some times where I was lost, like, okay, what am I missing here? Uh, there's something I'm missing here. They're making a statement. There's a vagina on a necklace around a sex doll. What does that mean? It means something, I'm sure. Uh, even the even Barbara says it means you know nobody's getting this message, and I'm like, yeah, count me in there. Um, her, it's a it's a it's a yeah. Are you just a simple bird lawyer, and this was over your head? Uh, yeah, sure. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. But you know, a lot of times, really coming out of this. I mostly uh, I felt sorry for Cody. Uh, yeah. You know, she's trying to work through her stuff. Uh, she's. It's got to be tough being a woman, especially being a woman in Hollywood. We already we, we've heard so many stories and that's what this centers around. This is a woman trying True. to make her way in Hollywood who is uh, the, the boyfriend of a very successful writer. Every time she runs into somebody, including when a convenience store is getting robbed, they are immediately like, oh, you know, Dan Harmon, <laughs> you know, it's like she's trying to get out from under that. And it's I'm sure it's tough. And it's obviously taking a very, very big toll on her mental health and I mean, sexual health as well. She's working through some stuff. So uh, uh, did they say they canceled everything here? Are we getting a season two? Yeah, I think we're done. I mean, I don't know if Roku is going to continue anything that happened on Quibi, but for the time being, as near as I can tell, there is no dummy season two. Well, I mean, and I'm just going to point something out. Mark, you can relate to this, being in somebody's shadow, because, I mean, your wife is the MVP of the RIB network. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I you can relate. Hang on, Jay. You know, since we're beating a dead horse... It's continue. very much alive before it got beaten. If, if, it, if it is, if if it's a show that I'm on that I don't bring it up, then there's something seriously wrong. So I check that off your bingo card. No, I'm, I already played the bingo thing once. 
Oh, you done? Okay, great. Um, last thing, uh, there is one more thing I, I wanted to bring up. So again, when Whitney and whoever the hell he was talking to about this on Quibi, uh, on Critically Claimed, were talking about the show. I, I guess I got the idea that this was going to be kind of like you, Jesse. I thought this was going to be more Weekend at Bernie's. And, yeah. you know, I would have loved it. The, pre- <laughs> I, the, the, the IMDb like, premise of this thing is like, you know, um, uh, Cody meets is his boyfriend or boyfriend's sex doll and they take on the world together. That's a bit overstated. Right. <laughs> that is like, okay, you know, you got a comic book and what you see is on the cover is not what happens in the issue. Right. That's right. A there you go. Analogy. <laughs> but more to the point that I'm trying to make is I thought like they go on a road trip and granted this is only basically a 90 minute movie, but they go on the road trip. They have the one incident in the convenience store, but I really thought more of the show, like it takes a while for this thing to get going. You know what I mean? Like she spends the the good a good part of the first act being with her and Barbara being antagonistic of one another and almost breaking up the entire relationship. It's not until act two, and act two is mostly them working through her own issues of self doubt. There's no wacky adventure here. They have the one incident, and that's it in the convenience store. You know, I thought there would be more. I thought there would be more gags of her talking to the sex doll in public and, you know, and then like, you know, changing perspectives to passerbys, watching her interact with the sex doll that isn't moving, that sort of thing. Like that rarely ever happens in this, you know, and and to, to the point where, you know, you were saying before, like I was like, this isn't as funny as I thought it would be. And it's not like, that's probably my one. It's, I don't want to call it a criticism because the show I'm judging the show for what it is and what it is is great. It's just not what I thought it would be. I thought this was more, I guess I thought it was going to be more slapstick and mm-hmm, it's yeah. not slapstick. And when people talk about it, the few people I've heard talk about this show, which is another issue I have, have kind of described it as sort of slapsticky, but it's not. And, and, and it kind of just does the show a disservice because her palling around with the sex doll isn't really the point of the show. It's that that's a plot device. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the show is about all these other things that we've talked about for the past hour. It's really not about, it's really not about her palling around with a sex doll. That's a kind of a different show, which is a little frustrating. The last thing I, w- I want to say, um, and then we'll go, we'll go into plugs. You can only, this was on Quibi. Quibi is gone Qu- uh, and everything got inherited by the Roku channel, which you can watch on your phone. If you have the Roku app or you just go to the Roku website and I, and I guess you can project this onto whatever like streaming box you have. That's what we did. But, you know, people don't want to put any effort into watching things. And the fact that you can't just, like, get an you know, it, this is it's not on a wide, Is it on YouTube? Yeah, that's where I watched it. I watched it on YouTube. And the whole, the whole thing's up on YouTube? Yep. Okay. That's, the, the glad we're getting the message out. Get the message out. You can watch this on YouTube. Because what my initial argument was, this was a little hard to find. Because we watched it on the, the Roku channel website. And I had to project it onto my television. And I had to keep resetting it. And my wife was like rolling her eyes about it. Just like, what? What? This is a hard watch. Let me ask you real quick. I mean, what mm-hmm. do you think of the format? They took this movie and, and cut it up like they did in the episodes. Did you have mm-hmm. any issue with that? No. I mean, I knew what it was. And I basically watched it as a movie. Okay. Um, all right. was, and that's kind was, of the way I did it, too. I binged it all in, you know, in 90 minutes. So yeah. why? Well, excuse me. I do know why. Because this was supposed to be – this was specifically formatted for Quibi. Because wasn't Quibi like the service 
that you were supposed to be able to grab it, it was, and you could watch it on the go or something. Yeah, it was bite-sized episodes, so okay. eight or nine right. minutes apiece. Got all right. Um, unless there's anything other burning desires, Jesse, did you go through all your notes? I don't want to. You know. Yeah, I, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, look, I got the vag necklace in. Okay, I got, <laughs> I got everything in, man. Perfect. All <laughs> right, Jesse, uh, rather Jason, we put up your second, your latest second and short podcast that's available both on the W2M network as well as the second and short feed available on all your favorite podcasters and YouTube. Um, why don't you go ahead and finish up your plugs for me? Uh, and and yeah, go ahead, finish up your plugs. Uh. Just recently, we did a alternative roundtable of the Screen 2022 uh, with myself, Alexis Haina, and my wife. Uh, sat down and we talked. Damn it. By the way, you don't get to call me a pans anymore about horror movies when you pitch me like 20 to do in 2022, 2022 and I say yes to all of them. I, I, <laughs> I, I gave you props. I said, no, you didn't. I said Mark is not like he used to be. Um, and, uh, and then in February, if you have not got enough of me and Mark, (laughs) you will in February because it's two white guys on black history month. That's right. Uh, You want to run, you want me to run down the list of Mark and Jason projects celebrating black history month? Yes. Let's, let's discuss this because I, I probably don't know half these movies. All right, so on February 7th, Jason and I will be doing a long road to ruin for the modern Shaft movie, Shaft 2000 and Shaft 2019. On February 10th, we're going back to the 70s, the black exploitation era. We're going to review Coffee, Superfly, and Blackula. I picked that one just for you, uh, Jason. Um, uh, On the night of the Super Bowl, when, when the Super Bowl's over, come back to hear myself, Jason, possibly Jesse, and possibly Evan Bevins. Talking some football movies. We're going to do National Champions, American Underdog, and we are Marshall. Um, Jason, once again, pitched me 97 horror movies. Here's one of them. We'll be reviewing The Devil's Light. And then it's back to Black History Month. uh, Celebrating the life and times of Spike Lee with Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, and Old Boy. Uh, Jason inserted himself into the Peacemaker review. We'll be doing that. And then back to Black History Month. And this one was all Jesse all the time. All rather, Jesus, all Jason Me? all the time. Yeah. Uh, so this is, the, this is the triple feature that Jason pitched to celebrate Black History Month. Pootie Tang, The Ladies' <laughs> Man, and Soul Plane. Soul Plane was my pick. The Ladies' um, Man. The Ladies' Man. And that's it. That's uh, that's all of our Black History stuff. I mean, we have a bunch of re-airs too, but that's all the, you, you the new recordings that we're doing with Jason. You want a fish sandwich? Okay, I don't know this guy, but I haven't watched the movie. <laughs> Look like two fine hams shoved down the back of her dress. Alrighty. Um, all right. You good, Jason? Yes. Um, and as always, you can definitely check, like Mark said, our partnership here with the W2M Network, as well as the second and short fee, where we, uh, me and Tyler, are currently going through each division, buy, sell, trade, of the top fantasy players uh, in the offseason, getting geared up for the new Dynasty football season that we'll be launching right after the Super Bowl. So, Jesse, you you got to pick the album we're going to do this week on the Metal Hammer of Doom. Why don't you talk about it and where you can find it? Oh, this is hey, this is the Night Flight Orchestra. And absolutely check that out on Amazon Music. We right here at the W2M Network offer a free 30-day trial. Mark, you've got you put the links in the description, right? I sure do, Ollie. Hey, 
uh, you go right there. Check them out. Free 30 days to test out Amazon Music. Over 70 million songs. So that is what we are giving to the people. And then check us out on Wednesday. Is it Wednesday, Mark? We're doing Metal Hammer of Doom Night Flight Orchestra, right? Make sure I get that day right. I have the schedule right in front of me, but <laughs> I also have the schedule over here. Well, um, geez, nobody else reads the schedule. I don't know why you would. Holy side slapping going on there. Somebody <laughs> just got whacked upside the head. I I, um, I, I, feel, I feel violated for that comment. You should absolutely <laughs> feel triggered, but get behind Ronnie Adams, who's currently leading the yeah. line. And... <laughs> Mark, Mark just uh, because I do look at the I do look at the uh, calendar once a month. Um, and I do tell you to remind me because in my old age, I don't remember shit. And you get email reminders. <laughs> and I get email reminders. See, Mark, you are yeah, doing it the right thing. My something. wife, my wife needs to take, you know, notes from you because she says I don't remember shit. Mm -hmm. But I can remember everything Mark has because I get alerts. I get reminders. I've so got a, I've got a calendar. It was so funny. Yesterday I was talking to Alexis and I was like, shit, I booked you on like three shows, four if you definitely want to still do Uncharted all in the same week. And I know you've, I phrased it differently than this, but in my mind I was like, you've bitched incessantly about me putting you on too much stuff in one week. So I'm like, do you, do we need to move some things? I'm like, and it, and I don't want to move one of these things because that will involve moving one of Jason's shows and I don't want to mess him up because we, we, he knows what we're doing and I don't want to screw that up now and because then right. we're like when did this move and I'm like Ugh. You know? so like I can't move anything of Jason's but I can push stuff of yours off if I have to and she was like no I'm not doing con so I'm okay with doing a bunch of shows in one week I'm like oh thank god but yeah Jason I was I re was refusing to move anything that you and I had done exactly because you know because that would have just been a shit show I would have been <laughs> I would have been I would have been lost with no pants on, wondering where I'm. What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. Jason would have been all set, set and ready to do one of our Black History Month shows. I was like, this is Cuphead, Jason. I don't know what you're doing here. Like, what? <laughs> all right. Yeah, I would just be showing up on random shows. Like, where am I supposed to be here? Don't be alarmed. We're Jason's. Did you um, say Cuphead? Yes. Cuphead. Did you plug that already? You guys doing a video game show? No, 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 no. Um, there's an animated, uh, there's an animated show coming out on Netflix about the Cuphead game. Okay, all right, got it, got it, got it. All right, finish up your plugs there, Jesse. Jesse. Oh yeah, hey, tripped up trivia is happening. We're recording it tomorrow. Be looking for that near the end of the month. It's video games. Uh, we got a full roster. Uh, I know the patriarch of the W2M networks coming on, and that's Sean Garmer. No, not you, Mark. That's patriarch of the oh. W2M network, buddy. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, I was only half listening, and then I just heard patriarch, and I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> You're not Oops, coming anywhere near these video games. No. I've done video game trivia with you before, though, on the Metal Hammer of Doom. We had a good time. Um, and it was with Sean Garmer, if I remember correctly. Uh, but anyway, we're having a trivia show tomorrow. Uh, Mark Morrison and Sean Garmer, we've got uh, we got a, a full roster. I think David Dave Wright's going to be on there. So we're going to be pushing like six people. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and that's going to be airing later on. Yeah, the champion down there in the bottom. Go ahead and uh, raise yourself. He's in a chair. Someone needs to be carrying you across the screen right now. Yeah, that's ahead, what Jason. needs to be. <laughs> Regale us with your two-time win right now. Very good, Jason. 
Um, oh, ouch, ouch. That, hurt. that is horrible. That that hurt, Mark. Horrible. Hey, Super Blog team up happened this week. Listen, if you are a fan of comic books, you probably heard of recent news about George Perez and uh, his health issues and the, and the fact that he has uh, chosen not to uh, not to go about trying to uh, extend his life with pancreatic cancer. So. He has uh, graciously let all of his fans know that, uh, unfortunately, he probably has about six months to a year to live. And at the Superblog team-up, we felt it necessary to pay tribute to his career uh, and uh, the man himself, uh, George Perez, in comics. So we have uh, the Superblog team-up happened. You can just type in hashtag SBTU on Twitter. You can find all the blogs and podcasts that are out there. But, uh, you know, here at the Radulich and Broadcasting Network, we did a uh, help me out here, Mark. What did we do? We did Logan's Run. Logan's mm -hmm. Run. We looked at the film and the seven issue series, uh, a comic book series that was penciled by George Perez. And uh, that aired on the comic strip episode that was a couple nights ago. And then the Source Material Comics podcast, which myself and Chris Armstrong took a look at the brave and the bold one through six and you talk about what crazy adventure that happened in there we got batman we green lantern teaming up and then all of a sudden you got lobo and they're going across the galaxy and they're did fighting lobo did lobo have a sex doll lobo did not have a sex doll supergirl like was on the back of the bike though supergirl was I, on the back of the bike i will say that much i figured sex doll would, would improve the 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 overall aesthetics <laughs> okay all right so anyway one through six brave and the bold uh it was i mean my goodness the art was incomparable but uh, we had a great time talking about that and at some point unspoken issues will drop uh which is another george perez uh centric episode where we talked about uh it was uh my goodness help me out here it was a marvel it was a marvel story i have it i have it here somewhere but watch just watch for unspoken issues myself dean compton and Derry Waite had a good time talking some 90s comics. It was Avengers. Boy, it took me a while. It was Avengers uh, and the Squadron Supreme. So check that out. That, I think, is all I have on the top of my head. All right. Running through this real quick so we can get out of here. Uh, we kicked off the week with our Lordy Abracadabra review. Um, myself, Robert Win Winfrey, and Ronnie Adams reviewed Scream uh, 2022. The aforementioned Logan's Run. We had re-airs of Ozark Season 1 and Season 2. Um, <clears throat> last night, Ronnie Adams, Al Sedano, and I reviewed Hawkeye, the uh, the Disney Plus series. Earlier today, we had a re-air of our Battle Beast, No More Hollywood Endings review. Plus, Whitney Seibold of Critically Acclaimed came on to talk Mandy. Tomorrow, 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 while the nerds are talking video games, us real men, will be reviewing, uh, we'll be doing a... Uh, alternative commentary for Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gaon, UFC 270. That'll be myself and Dan Lasby. And then on Sunday, 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 uh, we have a re-air of the time that Pat Mullen explained how the mob works to Jesse and I. Jesse don't and involve I. no women folk. <laughs> yeah, no, the women were in the kitchen. And that's what we talked about. Uh, <laughs> that is the fact of where they were. <laughs> uh, so we have a, a re-airing of our comic strip for The Kitchen where we compared the Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish movie to the comic book from whence it uh, adap was adapted from. Hey, years ago, my friends, 
you gave me shit about watching the Big Bang Theory, and I had about had enough of it. So me and my wife talked for an hour about how great the Big Bang Theory was. We talked about that season's finale, which had just happened, and then we made fun of all my nerds, all the nerd friends that I have. For suck not it, nerds! Suck it, nerds! For me, for not liking a perfectly wonderful Emmy-winning series that went on for almost twenty years. Anyway, um, I only aggravated a few people who didn't want to talk to me after that. It's fine. So I'm going to re-air that show because I'm passively antagonistic, and that'll be on. Uh, that'll be on Monday, the 24th. And in the evening time, speaking of passively antagonistic, um, Ronnie Adams and I will be <laughs> reviewing uh, Power of the Dog, The French Dispatch, and Cop Shop. Why aren't we doing Licorice Pizza anymore? Because apparently it's not showing anywhere near Ronnie, where Ronnie lives. And it's one of the few movies that didn't go PVOD five minutes after it hit the movie theaters. So what are you going to do? Um, Tuesday... Robert Winfrey and I are going to be reviewing Munich, The Edge of War, which dropped on Netflix today. And we're really doing that just so we have an excuse to record something. We're actually, we're going to use that money segment to do our year, our 2021 year-end wrap-up. We haven't done a year-end wrap-up show in a really long time, and it was uh, brought up to us by Alexis that we really should do one. So I didn't want to do a separate show. I wanted to do it as part of another show that we were doing. So that's what we're doing. Doing, doing, doing. Doing. Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey um the aforementioned night flight orchestra uh thursday is the mania of wrestlemania 14 15 and 16 it's gonna be a loaded show if everyone shows up because Stuart lang of um formerly of 41mania.com yeah. chris bailey and pat will be joining me so that when no one that's gonna be a two-hour show at best um and then in the evening time uh ronnie adams and i will be reviewing season one of the amazon plus series amazon prime amazon series plus. wheel of time Gavin Napier making his monthly appearance here on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network. Me and him are going to watch the 1992 Royal Rumble match. Uh, the infamous one where Ric Flair won the title. So oh, we'll do wow. a commentary for that. Uh, the games podcast that Jesse was just referring to will, will air Sunday the 29th. And in the evening time, the boys, the, po the podsmen, yes siree Bob, the podsmen will be doing an alternative commentary for the entire four-hour, God help me, Whoa. Royal Rumble event. Yes. Daggone, man. Spend your evening watching the Royal Rumble and listening to the podsmen make fun of wrestling. It's going to be fantastic. That's uh, that. Yeah, that is wonderful. You're going to come join us, Jesse. You're going to, you know, going to come listen to the show and hang out in the Ooh. chat. This is a Saturday, the 29th. Yes. While yeah. you're recording your podcast. I gotta wash my hair. No, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> I might. You never know. I may show up and just be like, "Oh, look at that! That is some crazy stuff." Yeah. I haven't watched wrestling in a year. Who's that guy? Oh, Jason Teasley. You you raised your hand there. Now, do you have the cock in your home? The cock. Oh no! Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not that cock. He's been looking. Yes. He finally found. Yes. Him. Yes. The cock is the cock is in my home. Oh, goody. Uh, it, it is not very. It is not very large. We, oh, we have it on a small screen. We have it on the small screen. Okay. We, we don't put it on the big screen. Gotcha. But yes, I have the peacock. Okay, so you can watch the Royal Rumble. Then you can hang out in the chat with us. I always pop up in your chat, Mark. You do. You, you do. are you the wind. You are the wind beneath my wings. Was it Hawkeye or was it Mandy? Uh, no, it was Hawkeye where you popped in for a little bit last night, right? Yes, I popped in for Hawkeye for a little bit. Got got hate because I only like three seasons of Agents of Shield. Uh, <laughs> more than I've watched. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of Dummy, the best show since The Wire. Uh, everyone should watch it. 
everyone should watch it with their families and and then have a long in-depth vascular discussion of modern feminism vascular discussions of modern feminism that's what we are here for that's on the like the limit you cannot say no. vascular for the rest of the month <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to say vascular for the rest of the night. No, the rest Months. of the month, sir. Oh, month. Oh. You've done got about another two weeks, and then you can use it again. Okay. All right. In two weeks, we're we're gonna we're gonna be doing more vascular commentary on yeah. various uh, on various. Return of vascular. <laughs> oh, be, well, be well, be safe. Be well, be safe, and behave.